Proverbs chapter 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender the only one in the sight of my mother. He taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son... Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forwards and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Thus far the reading of God's Word. Let's pray for His blessing upon it. O oh Lord, we ask this evening that You would teach us from Your Word, that You would show us the way of wisdom, that You would help us to walk upon it, that You would keep us upon it straight and narrow, that we might meet the Lord Jesus Christ there, that our lives might be changed, and that we might follow after Him all of our days. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. 
Well, which way will you go? There are many paths in front of us, aren't there? It seems like the younger we are, the more options we have of where to go, and the less experience and knowledge we have of which is the right path. Society isn't much help either, is it? It tries to tell us that we need to do new and exciting things. We need to strike out on our own. We need to be our own person. It's the sort of philosophy that's built up from a famous poem. You may know it well. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both. And being one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, and just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though well, as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. Both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. Shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Two roads, seemingly of equal value. The best thing that we can do is to take the one less familiar and less traveled, to be unique, to strike out on our own. This is the philosophy of our day and age. But I would put it to you that it's not the philosophy of the Scriptures. The Scriptures, especially in Proverbs 4, teach us that there are indeed two roads. They do indeed diverge. But the one that is well known, the one that is well marked out, the path of wisdom, not of uniqueness, not of our own devising, is the way makes all the difference. In Proverbs chapter 4, we are taught the way of wisdom. First, Solomon describes for us in this chapter how we are to seek wisdom. How we are to go after it. And then secondly, he tells us how we are to choose wisdom and its way. And then thirdly, because this is not a theoretical exercise, we are to live by wisdom. We seek wisdom. We choose wisdom. And then, we live by wisdom. Well, chapter 4 begins with another plea from a father to a son. Hear, O son, a father's instruction. Now, we have seen this several times, and it's very difficult to understand this plea if you are not a father yourself, if you are not a parent. Because... You have to understand, young people, that when your father or your parent tells you to do something, there is a good deal of their own regret and pain and loss in it. Don't make the mistake that I made. Listen. Follow along this path. Take the benefits of my experience. And here we get an interesting addition to this ordinary call from a father to a son. The father says to his son, you know, I was like you once. 
I was helped by my father. And he says, what you need to do is you need to remember what wisdom is all about. I want you to know, be attentive, because I want you to gain insight. Now, you notice here that the father is pleading with his son to seek wisdom, not so that he'll do everything that the father wants, the way the father wants him to. Not so that he will do what the father thinks is right, even. But the father pleads with his son to be attentive and to gain wisdom and gain insight for the son's own benefit. Because as we have seen before, wisdom is a principle that we must live out. It is not a formula that says, if you are wise, you will live on this street and drive this car and go to this school and have this many children and have this job. No, we don't plan out our lives in advance. Because life throws us all sorts of curves, doesn't it? Things we don't plan for. We have to live places we never dreamed we would. We have to face problems we never thought we would face. And the only way we can do that is by having the wisdom that comes from the Lord to deal with the situations as they come to us. And so the father says to his son, Indeed, I was helped by my father in verse 3. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me. Now you have to hear the emotion in the father's voice. Perhaps you've experienced this. Your own father has tried to give you instructions in something. And then he begins to recall how when he was in your place, and how his father, had given him instructions. And sometimes, yes, he ignored it. to his own pain and detriment. And other times, especially later, he saw that his father was looking out for his good. And so now, he seeks to pass it down another generation. He says, you know, when I was so young, I was an only child. My father helped me. And what he said to me was, hold fast to my words with your heart. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Essentially, the same thing I'm telling you now, the Father says. He says, this is... I understand it's not that easy. For he says, my Father told me to get wisdom and to get insight... And then look at the, the verbs that follow here. Do not forget. Do not turn away. Do not forsake. You see, the father here is pleading with his son saying, it's not like I was perfect and I had done everything right and therefore you have to as well. He says, it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to turn away. Son, I know this from personal experience. Remember, hold fast. Resist forgetting. And then he takes a bit of a different turn in verse 7. He says, as you seek wisdom, you have to remember, but you have to do more than remember. And, and verse 7, it almost sounds comical, the first half of the verse, doesn't it? The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. What does that mean? How do I... Get wisdom by getting wisdom. What does that mean? 
But you see, I think this is a truth that sometimes we need to hear. It's so easy for us to turn things around in our mind and, and to try and play out all of the permutations and to try and theorize and try to work. And the Father says, Son, the beginning is to begin. You start by starting. Roll up your sleeves and go after it. You must make a decision here, son. There are two roads before you. You must go there. And this is the word that comes not just to sons from their fathers, but to each of us from our Heavenly Father. There is a path for us to travel. The way you travel the path is by putting one foot in front of the other. You have to begin. Every road begins with the first step, doesn't it? The beginning of wisdom <coughs> is to get wisdom. And then the second half of this verse, and whatever you get, get insight. Now, this is, I think what he's saying here is this. And whatever you can get your hands on, whatever it costs, whatever you have to do, get wisdom and insight. It's more valuable than anything else. Don't give up halfway. Don't wonder if it's worth it or not. You must act, and you must act as if it's the most important thing in your life. You must value wisdom, prize her highly, and then she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland and bestow on you a beautiful crown. The place where we begin is by seeking wisdom. And we must do this no matter what stage of life we are in. Whether we're young, or middle-aged, or more seasoned. We must seek after wisdom as if it is the most valuable thing for us today. And if we seek after it, we will choose Look with me at verse 10. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. You see, here he's describing for us that there are these two paths, these two roads. And he's going to begin to describe each of them in more detail. He says, I have tried to teach you wisdom. You have to understand that others will try to lead you astray. Some will do it harshly. Others will do it pretending to be your friend. Others will do it not necessarily out of a bad motive, but because they have already made all the bad choices and they want company along the road to wickedness. Others will try to lead you astray, but you must accept my words, says the Father. Because when you do this, the years of your life may be many. I've led you in these paths of uprightness. Wisdom will prepare you for life and wisdom will protect you. So what is this path of wisdom? This path of uprightness? He tells us in verses 12 and 13. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. But if you run... You will not stumble. This is a path that is smooth and that we can go on with confidence, pushing onward to our goal, 
knowing that our ground is steady. Have you ever been in a place where your footing was not very secure? Perhaps you, like many young people, tried to walk along a curb foot after the other, and you tried to be steady. You start to lean one way, and then you balance, and you start leaning the other way. Perhaps you've seen someone in a sporting event lose their footing. Have you ever watched it be comical seeing someone run to first base and they lose their step and their stride and they begin to lurch and fall and tumble? And you think, well, that's no good at all. Or perhaps someone with 20, year, 20 yards of clear field to the end zone trips over their own two feet. You wonder, well, that looks very silly. It's bad enough in the world of sports, but when we trip over ourselves, when we walk on ground that is unstable in life, there are much more tragic circumstances. Wisdom prepares you for this. It keeps your feet solid under you. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. It is wisdom that will protect you day in and day out. These principles that cause us to know where we go. For there is another path. There is a path of wickedness. We see that in verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Now, And listen to the emotion of the Father's voice. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Verb after verb after verb. He's basically saying, you don't want to be there. Trust me. It's bad. This is not something to dabble in. This is something that runs through as a thread all of the Proverbs we have looked at so far. Have you noticed the stark warnings against dabbling in wickedness? Not just running headlong in wickedness, but dipping your toe, as it were, in the pool of wickedness. Dabbling in what you think is adventurous, or would be fun, or is something you can handle. You see, God in His Word says, that's foolishness. It's the opposite of wisdom. Because we think we can handle these situations. And we can't. We get in too deep. We're lost in the path. Wickedness and its darkness overcomes us and we're unable to see. It's hard to recover. We become changed. Look at verse 16. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. Now, I want you to imagine this. I think for, for many of us, we have a nighttime routine, right? We brush our teeth. We may listen to certain music. We may watch the news. We may eat a certain thing, drink a certain thing. And if we're not in our home or we're not doing these things, we're sort of thrown off. And even though we're tired and ready for bed, we, we can't sleep. It becomes a routine. You see, what the Scripture says here is, 
As we go down the path of wickedness, that becomes our routine. It becomes such a part of who we are, we can't even go to sleep unless we've done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. Unless they have hurt someone else, they're unable to get the rest that they want. This path absorbs us It clouds us. It becomes what we desire. Look at verse 17. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Wickedness becomes our food and violence becomes our source of joy. If you thought God's Word was theoretical, if you thought it was just interesting principles, think about verses... 16 and 17 in our world today. Think about all of the popular movies that are filled with not horror, not violence, but torture. Think about all of the violence and filth and pain and agony that people eat up. They enjoy hearing news about celebrities' families exploding. They like to see bad things happening to others. They enjoy and glorify violence. This is our society, is it not? There is a level of hatred that builds up in us if we are not careful, that we rejoice in seeing those that we consider our enemies To not only be harmed, but to be shamed. Without the protection of the way of wisdom, it could be swallowed up by darkness. But you see, all the difference is found in the way. In verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. This is literally night and day. We must choose wisdom. To have light to see. To have light to live by. And this light comes from the light of our Lord. That's why at the end of the Scriptures, our Lord Jesus Christ is described as being like the sun. That in the city of God, there's no need for sun or moon because the Lord is their light. What does this mean then practically for us? Thirdly and finally. It means if we seek wisdom and we choose wisdom, we must do something with it. Have you ever had the experience of really, really wanting something? Really, really wanting a certain toy. Really, really wanting a certain electronic really, really wanting something that you thought you had to have and would just make your life so much better. And then you get it, and it gathers dust in a closet somewhere. Right? It didn't meet your expectations. You don't really have a use for it. Someone reminds you, you know, you asked for this for Christmas every day for two months. Do you think you could take it out of the closet and use it once? You see, those sorts of things aren't of any value. Just wanting something is not the end in itself. 
If we truly want something that is valuable and has purpose, we will use it. We will live with it and buy it. And that is truly the case for wisdom. In all that we do, Solomon says, we are to live in wisdom. And he goes through kind of a checklist with us in verses 24 through 27. Do you see that? He says first, in verse 20 actually, it starts with your ears. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. When you listen, listen for wisdom. And then, in verse 24, it moves to our mouth. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Now, this means that we must use wisdom not only with our ears to hear, but with our mouths as we speak. Now, there's a certain obvious application here. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't use our mouths for wickedness. But there are also less obvious applications here. We shouldn't tell half-truths either. You know, half a truth is not better than none. It's actually more deceptive. But if we are satisfied with ourselves and we say, well, we're, we're as scrupulous and honest as can be, we don't lie at all, we don't tell half-truths, then you must ask yourself, do I grumble? Do I engage in cynical chatter? Am I flippant with the things that I say? Do I use my mouth wisely or not? It starts with the ear, it moves to the mouth, and then Solomon moves to our eyes. Let your eyes look directly forwards, and your gaze be straight before you. He says you must be steady and purposeful in your gaze. You must not be enticed off the path. You know, later this year, the third of the three movies about The Hobbit will come out. I didn't know that there were three books in The Hobbit, but I think there are three bundles of money to be made. But you may remember the story of when the dwarves and Bilbo go into the forest and one thing that they are told over and over again is what? You don't go off the path. It's dark. It's dangerous. What happens to them? They grow weary. They look off and they are enticed off the path. They think they can get food off the path. They're sure that they can get back to the path as quick as can be. They go off the path and they're lost in the darkness and night. Now, metaphorically, that happens to us all the time. We think we're on the straight and narrow and all of a sudden our attention is drawn. And we say, well, we're supposed to go this way, but... I can just go over there for a minute. I can, I can get that and I'll, I'll come right back. And when I come back, I'll walk twice as fast. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. You see, your eyes must be fixed upon the goal, upon the Lord Himself. We must be steady and purposeful with our eyes. Our ears, our mouths, our eyes, and lastly, our feet. Look at verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Your feet 
to be obvious, carries you where you are going. You can't just wander through life, can you? You have to go in a purposeful way, and your feet need to know the path that they are on. You must ponder your way. It actually requires forethought. Spontaneity in your path is not a value. You should know the direction that you are traveling in. You don't need to know it in every single detail, but you should know the path that you are on following the path of wisdom. And when you do, you should be sure about the way that you go. You should not swerve. It's unstable. It's unstable for you, and it's unstable for others. You know, we don't really have this experience here in Houston, but it was something that I grew up with every day living in Buffalo, New York. You would be driving in the seven months of winter we had, and you would go through an area of snow or of ice. And if you saw something that you had to move out of the way of quickly, an animal, or you would, if you jerked the wheel for any reason to swerve, what would happen? You would slide and lose control and others around you would be endangered because you might hit them. And you lost control. You couldn't get back on the path. You see, that's a principle that happens in life, too. We have to be careful and think about where we're going. Because when we swerve, we're unstable. And harm will come. Well, Solomon tells us how we should live, and he goes through all of our body parts. You can almost imagine Solomon teaching this at a vacation Bible school and having the children point to their ears and their eyes and their mouth and their feet. Right? But the core, the most important part of living by wisdom is found in verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Everything begins with your heart. Because of that, you must guard it. You must take precautions and preparations. It is your heart, not your actions, that are the core of your being. It is what brings us full circle. For you see, if wisdom directs our heart, then we will know great blessing. Then what will spring from us is blessing and life. That's why wisdom and this instruction is not a philosophy. It's not a checklist that you can go through and say, yes, I'll do this, no, I won't do that. Because you see, the only way we can truly live with wisdom is to have a heart that is bent on wisdom. To have a heart that flows with life and blessing. And the only way that we can have such a heart is to have a new one given to us by the Lord. You see, that's where it all begins. Before you can be careful where you watch, before you can be careful what you say, before you can be careful where you go, you must have a heart that is changed by wisdom Himself, our Lord Jesus Christ.
when we have a new heart, then we not only know, but we long to be on the way of wisdom. And we have guidance for our path. Because the Lord, with His Word, lights a path for our feet. Do you want to know blessing and life and peace? We all have, no matter where we are on our journey, two roads to take. The good Lord in His Word has told us that the path of life and peace is the path of wisdom. Seek it. For their life is found. Let's pray.